This podcast contains our own personal views not associated with any organisation. Coronial contains descriptions of death inquests that may be graphic and disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today I'll be telling you about Guy Redman Clark, who died on the 20th of October 2015 when he was electrocuted at work. His death was investigated by the coroner as it was a result of an accident which occurred while he was at work, which triggers a mandatory inquest under the Tasmanian Coroner's Act. Guy was a brother, husband, father and grandfather and was well liked by his colleagues and his employer. Guy was working in the Payangana Dairy in Tasmania as a facilities manager and had been employed there for 10 months. He was initially employed as a cook at the cafe, but was then promoted. Payangana Trading Company ran the businesses on the site, which included the dairy and the Holy Cow Cafe, <laughs> which is a great name for a cafe. It is. So the 20th of October 2015 started like any other day at work for Guy. The facilities manager role involved assisting with breakdowns of equipment, so his first task for the day was to remove the coffee machine from the cafe because it wasn't working and it was due to be sent for repairs. Guy was supposed to do this the day before, but the morning staff had switched it on and it was too hot to be moved. In the cafe, the coffee machine was on a bench with an industrial glass washing machine beneath it. You guys know roughly what that would look like? Yes. I've done my fair share of hospitality work. Me too. I used to be a bartender, so I'm familiar. Excellent. Another staff member, Jamie McKimmy, was asked by Guy to give him a hand with the coffee machine. At about 9am, they moved the coffee machine, but water started going everywhere because the water supply to the machine had been dislodged. They put the coffee machine down and moved the glass washer to try and find the tap that the coffee machine was attached to, thinking it was behind the glass washer. But doing that just dislodged the water pipe from the glass washer as well. <laughs> so we've now got lots of water this going is water everywhere. pouring everywhere. Yeah. Okay, right. Jamie looked behind a fridge, which was next to the glass washer, but couldn't find the tap. Guy went down to the cellar and was actually able to find and turn off the tap for the coffee machine. So water had stopped going everywhere. Both both ones? Because didn't you say both got dislodged? So I think the glass washer pipe got dislodged. But wasn't continuing to... Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Guy and Jamie then disconnected the coffee machine and moved it onto another bench. So a little bit of fun fact here. There was a storage shed on the property which the staff called George. Okay. I just love the fact that's mentioned in the, the coroner's. <laughs> like, he was just mentioning the storage shed. Like, yeah, and the staff called it George. Okay. Hmm, excellent. Cool. I mean, again, it's one of those things that I like about the coroners in terms of really getting that sense of knowing the people that are included in these so that it's mm -hmm. not just that, oh, this person died in this freak accident. It's like this was an individual, they had these facts about themselves mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk about Trevor and really empathising with him and his family, mm -hmm. some of those fun facts are really helpful for me to mm -hmm. feel that sense of emotion mm. rather than being so detached from the story. Yeah. Mm, it almost, you know, you're able to put yourself into the story in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> pretend you were there and, you know, standing by George. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit jealous that I haven't worked in the holy cow where there's a sh yeah. shed out the back called George. Yep. Like, And I'm curious, what is a dairy? Is that where they milk cows? Yes, so that's where they'd milk the cows and then process the milk. Okay. And they just happen to have a cafe attached yeah. to that. Yeah. Which um, like Melanie Dairies does as well. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There. 
generally sell uncommon. their own product and then other various things. Mm-hmm. And talking of cheese. Already having a snack break. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Necessary. Okay, so Jamie and another staff member, Nicole, went out to George to bring back the spare coffee machine to put in its place. Guy put two black plastic garbage bags on the floor, which the coroner believed was to protect his clothing from the water that was on the floor. It seems that Guy's intention was to fix the glass washer by reconnecting its water pipe because it had become dislodged. Makes sense. He lay down onto the garbage bags, removed the front panel from the glass washer and placed his hand and arm into the machine. Had he tried the have you turned it off and on again slash continued to turn it off process? No. Okay. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Another staff member was working in the kitchen when she heard a bang. She went to the kitchen door to look into the cafe and saw a guy lying down on his right side and he seemed to be looking at something under the dishwasher. She realized that he had been electrocuted, so called out for help and asked another staff member to call the ambulance. The triple zero call was made at 9.23 a.m. The manager, Greg Gibson, was also notified and the power to the cafe was turned off at the switchboard. Seems fair. Yep. Isn't there generally some sort of switchboard mechanism, though, to prevent these kind of things from happening where there's... Well, once it triggers, it mm-hmm. will. It should turn itself should off, turn that, itself that off. section, but that's yeah. a safety mechanism. And so it will have triggered now that he will have electrocuted himself, but wouldn't right. have triggered prior to that. And then turning it off to everywhere is still just the safe bet because mm-hmm. you don't know maybe potentially what else is feeding in and whether they're off a different switchboard. Right. And we will get to that as well. Okay. okay. It's part of the... We've gone way too deep already. Okay. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, at about 9.30 a.m., Tasmania dispatch contacted the nearest police officer on duty who arrived just before the ambulance. The police officer was told someone had been electrocuted, so brought an AED in from the police car. What's... Something, something... Automatic... Def- Emergency Emergency defibrillator? Yeah. Got there. She saw Jamie and another staff member performing CPR on Guy. The manager and a visitor who was apparently a nurse were also involved in CPR. The police officer assisted with the CPR using the AED. I don't know whether a shockable rhythm was found, though. So it's a wet environment. It can create a danger because mm. if you then shock the water current, if anyone's in that, they can risk getting shocked. Yeah. Paramedics from Ambulance Tasmania arrived at 10.09am and took over CPR. Unfortunately, Guy was unable to be revived. Two investigators from WorkSafe Tasmania arrived at 12.32pm to start their investigation. Inspectors from TechSafe, which is an electrical inspection company contracted by WorkSafe Tasmania, also attended to investigate. That's really quick. Yeah, very quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, within two hours. Wow. Two and a half hours of his death. I mean, did his family even know yet? But anyway, we'll just... I would think so, shortly. Yeah, crazy. Anyway. An autopsy later showed two thermal electric burns on Guy's right palm and multiple electrical burns on his left arm and hand. The forensic pathologist interpreted this as Guy coming into contact with a live electrical source, which meant that a current passed from his right arm through his neck and chest to his left arm, causing seizure activity and cardiac arrest. Because with electrocution, especially when there's water involved, it doesn't there have to be some sort of circuit that so, needs to be yeah. made? 
Yeah, and the circuit for him is input through his right, output mm-hmm. through his left. Versus if you're standing, mm. generally your input's going to be wherever you touch it and then output down through your feet. Through your feet. Mm. And if yeah. you're in standing water or something, that's yeah. where you, yeah. Where you can end up getting input through your feet as well, depending yeah. on what, sh- like if you've got rubber soled shoes on or whatever, you're not going to electrocute because the rubber doesn't absorb the electrical yeah, current. So interestingly, uh, DNA evidence showed that Guy came into contact with the inside of the glass washer. Just thought it was really interesting that they did DNA testing to figure out where exactly he touched. Yeah, right. How then. would they distinguish that between, you know, an earlier? Well, because it's inside the machine. Oh, like, okay. It, you yeah, had to take presumably... off the front panel to get into it. A normal, you wouldn't normally stick mm-hmm, your hand in that's there. That's true. Yeah. Because it was like the mechanism part of it, I think, rather mm-hmm. than the rather than the actual part like, of it. Yeah. yeah. Toxicology results found that Guy had no drugs or alcohol in his system. What time did he actually get electrocuted? It was like 10 a.m., right? 10 o'clock right? in the morning. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, yeah, 9.30. Cool. I'm glad. I feel that like they still need to check. Oh, no, absolutely. But I'm also just like glad that the dairy <laughs> farm cafe worker was in fact not intoxicated at mm. 9.30 in the morning. Mm. Yep. As part of the inquest, Guy's manager stated that the ambulance took over two hours to arrive and that he personally performed CPR for 110 minutes. What? Wow. Have any of you guys actually performed CPR before? No. Only on a dummy. Even on a dummy? Yeah. It is exhausting. Don't they say you need to circulate every two minutes? Yes. Yeah. So to do 110 minutes of CPR is one insane. And if it was continuous. You have no muscles left. If it was continuous, it was was no longer effective. Yeah. Mm. Like Mm. unless you are some sort of like super fit, cardio intense individual and even the yeah it's going to be like muscular Mm. system that you're not really Mm. used to using Mm because it's not a a style of activity you'd commonly be doing in a gym Mm -hmm. that would have been so exhausting yep that's insane uh so the coroner obviously did not accept this to be true (laughs) right all right okay he just he just threw it out that was just that was what he said when he was giving evidence at the inquest and the coroner basically just said no yeah right okay because right. that's You're almost wrong. two hours. Yeah. But did it actually take the ambulance two hours to get there? No. So the right. triple zero call was made at 9.23 a.m. Yeah. and the ambulance arrived at 10.09 a.m. Oh, okay. So within half 40. an hour. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, 40 minutes. The manager also stated that the police officer didn't know how to use the AED that she'd brought in. The coroner also found this was false. As the police officer explained that the AED was new and she had to remove the wrapping from the battery before using it. So the manager had interpreted that as her not knowing what to do. Right. Whereas in actual fact, she went to use it, realized the battery was still in its wrapping, took the battery out, took the wrapping off, put the battery back in, and then she was good. Mm-hmm. So she did actually know how to use it. But on a side note, uh, when you get a new AED, test it. Or not not test it, but yeah, maybe <laughs> turn it on, it make sure it works. <laughs> Unwrap it first. Yeah. Because there's no time that you're using an AED that's not an emergency. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway. The coroner was satisfied that the response by emergency services was timely, adequate, and appropriate. Was the manager trying to say it wasn't? Like, was the manager quite distraught by the event that... I think so, yeah, okay. because he, he was involved in the CPR. Yeah. And his recollection of the events was he must incorrect have sort of, and yeah, been influenced like It felt by. like I was giving CPR for... Forever. Okay. ...hours, yeah. when in actual fact it wasn't. Yep. So Guy wasn't given any training in how to use the equipment of the cafe because he had told his manager that he was familiar with all of those sorts of machines. 
Not seem standard. I'm assuming like coffee machines, etc., are fairly yeah. standard across the board, right? And if he was employed as a cook, he would have had some experience. Yeah. In the kitchen environment, in mm-hmm. that sort of cafe environment. <clears throat> Uh, but the fact that Guy didn't know where the water supply for the coffee machine was shows that he wasn't fully knowledgeable about the machine. Mm. Fair. Another staff member had turned the coffee machine off at the PowerPoint the night before and told Guy and Jamie to unplug the machine and remove it. She also did not know how to disconnect the hose, so obviously couldn't tell him how to do that. So no yeah. one in that situation actually knew how to unplug this hose where it was connected. Or any of that sort of information. Yep. Guy was electrocuted when he put his hand and arm into the glass washer and touched a live terminal. The power to the glass washer was not turned off, and it also wasn't protected with an RCD. RCDs are residual current devices, otherwise known as safety switches, and are designed to break the electrical circuit to prevent injury or death from an ongoing electrical shock. Mm-hmm. So there were no RCDs fitted at the cafe, because at the time it was built, they weren't mandatory for commercial premises in Tasmania. They did become mandatory for new builds in 1992. What year was this again? Sorry. Uh, this happened in 2015. But it was an already established it was premises. An existing building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but interesting that there'd been nothing, no legislation in place to say it is now yes. mandatory for all premises, no matter when they were built. So the Work Health and Safety Regulations 2012 requires workplace operators to regularly test RCDs in the workplace, but it doesn't actually require them to be fitted if the building is older, Mm. which the coroner was very critical of, Mm. understandably, because it's in the legislation that you need to test them, make sure you're regularly testing them, making sure they're working, but it doesn't mandate that you need to retrofit them. Mm. Yeah. So So you don't need to test them if they don't exist. But it doesn't say that you need to make sure they're there. Yeah, and I just there. think that's such a long period of time between 92 and yeah. 2015 to not have made it mandatory. Like, that's a huge transition period. But someone put that legislation in, went, tick, we've done that, happy yeah. days. And, I mean, you know, this is in a dishwasher, but it depends on each individual fitted mm-hmm. item and that kind of stuff. Does that mean the dishwasher is from 1992? I highly no, doubt it. No, no, no. The building, remember? It's the oh, building yeah, structure mm-hmm. that the legislation requires. The, requi- the, but the it's also the requi- thing that has the RCD is the building. Well, it says that an RCD wasn't fitted to it. To the washer. So yeah. is it internal or external? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because if it was internal, it's an old dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing quick Google. Okay, so there's a couple of different types. There's a fixed RCD, which is in the fuse box. There's socket outlet RCDs, which go into the socket outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's portable RCDs, which plug into any standard socket outlet. And then an appliance is plugged into that. Right. We obviously don't know what type. Well, I mean, they had none there at all. Yeah, zero. Oh, of course. So they, yeah, there was no chance of it being anywhere. In February 2016, four months after Guy's death, an electrician was called to the cafe to look at an ice cream machine, coffee machine, and the glass washer. He stated that he went through all of the electrics in the cafe at the request of the manager to determine that it was safe to work in. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Seems fair, but I also wonder why it took them four months. True. That is also yeah, And I assume the cafe was still running. Yeah. In that period. 
the electrician found two issues. Number one was the coffee machine had a 15 amp plug, which had been ground down to allow it to fit into a standard electrical socket plug. That doesn't sound uh, safe (laughs) at all. Oh my God, that sounds (laughs) not up to code at all. Who did that? They don't know. Yeah, right. That's Uh, um, not ideal. Uh, Number two, the plug on the glass washer was wired in reverse. So the positive from the cord was into the negative terminal and vice versa. So the result of this is that when the glass washer's standby switch was turned off, power was actually still running through the machine. So uh-huh. it looked like it was turned off, but it was actually still live. Mm-hmm. Right. So Guy actually might have attempted to have turned the washer off, but it's just not clear? Well, I, I don't think he had tried to turn it off. Okay. But... Either way, it wouldn't have turned it off. Wouldn't have made yeah, a so th- the evidence was that the glass washer was in fact still turned on when Guy was electrocuted. Yeah. So we know that it was still turned on when he was electrocuted, but even if he'd turned it off, mm. it wouldn't have it, helped yeah, in this situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the electrician left the plug as is because he didn't know whether TechSafe had completed their investigation yet. I presume he told them not to use it. Also, like, did the manager not know that yet? Apparently not. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Two weeks after the electrician's visit, an appliance technician was called to the cafe by the manager to inspect the glass washer again. Okay. He found that there were numerous issues with the machine and it wasn't worth repairing. So the issues he found were that the main pump was not operating. The heater element wires were burnt and damaged. A detergent solenoid was incorrectly wired. And the water pipe to the glass washer had been installed poorly, which meant that water from the pipe was dripping into the machine's electrical motor. Who did the electrical work on this property? Well, <laughs> no, but also like you, you said the water pipe. I mean, that, that had already been disconnected and reconnected during the whole mm-hmm. process with Guy, right? So maybe that was that. You yeah. Know, maybe that's where that was. But like all the other stuff I presume is internal wiring yes or? it would be yep. so it's that's the internal. manufacturing of the product not the not the installation just, right oh I, do, I guess it depends whether any repairs were done to it mm. yeah, in right. its life like yeah, it could have fair. probably came from the manufacturer standard and then it's needed work over the years and whichever electrician has done that work has done it poorly poorly yep. okay all right uh, the technician also found that the plug for the glass washer had been wired incorrectly and he fixed that this time. So oh. the electrician had left it, but this technician fixed it. He stated at the inquest that the type of glass washer always comes with a moulded plug, but this machine did not have the original plug on it. Okay. So that sort of explains why it was wired incorrectly in that someone had come along, changed the plug and mm-hmm. done it incorrectly when they were doing that. The coroner accepted that the WorkSafe Tasmania investigation, which was conducted right after Guy's death, was generally comprehensive. However, it did not identify or interview anyone responsible for the glass washer's electrical work. So that seems to be a a part of the investigation they missed. They didn't try and figure out who had previously worked on the machine. But also did they go in, like it sounds like they didn't go into the machine and find all of those errors internally. So to do with the electrical work, the fact they didn't find out who had done it was especially important because in the TechSafe report from the day after Guy's death, that identified a live, bare, uninsulated terminal in the glass washer, which was possible to be touched if you took off the front 
Great. Yeah. So there was definitely no a worries. life terminal in there. <clears throat> yeah. That's distressing. Yes. The report also found that the glass washer wasn't protected by an RCD, but it didn't investigate that any further. Mm. They were just like, okay, it doesn't exist. Cool. Yeah. Move on. Yep. No question of why. Yeah. So I'm getting that Tasmania WorkSafe are going to get in a bit of trouble. I don't think they did as a result of this inquest. I think the coroner made some recommendations, comments in terms of, you know, you probably should have looked into this further. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sure someone would have had a talking to. Well, yes. If the coroner's made recommendations, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that means that people are going to take it seriously. There would be an internal overhaul probably in their investigation processes, I would assume. The coroner found that if Guy had been told about where the water supply to the coffee machine was, his death may not have occurred. Because if he had known where the water pipe for the coffee machine was, he would have turned that off first. Mm-hmm. And when they moved the coffee machine, it would have been all good. No water would have gone anywhere. The only reason the glass washer got dislodged is because they were moving it trying to find the pipe for the coffee machine. Right. Right. Okay. So this chain of events wouldn't have happened if he'd known where the water supply for the coffee machine was. Mm-hmm. But presumably in the future at some point if anything had happened to that washer, there still would yes, absolutely have been a risk to someone. Yeah, definitely still a ticking time bomb there. Yeah. Okay. The coroner also found that if an RCD was fitted to the glass washer, Guy's shock may not have been fatal. Can't yeah. rule it out, like can't say either way, but there would have been a better chance of him surviving yeah. with that there. The poor state of the glass washer was likely a contributing factor to Guy's death but could not be considered the sole cause because he that wasn't his role that morning to go into the glass washer, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't planning on touching it at all, so it's not the sole cause. The, again, it is that chain of events again. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely the chain of events rather than anything else because you can't yeah. say that the coffee machine caused his death. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Sure, his role was to go deal with managing the coffee machine yeah. that was malfunctioning. Uh, the coroner recommended that the installation of RCDs be mandated in all workplaces no matter when they were built. So mm-hmm. that was one of the things the coroner felt very strongly about was that we should be retro- retrofitting these things, we shouldn't just be accepting that, oh, they were built before 92. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It as is. Although they wouldn't have changed the outcome for Guy, the coroner also commented that it is important for AEDs to be widely available, especially in isolated workplaces and tourist venues mm-hmm. like this one. And this was 2015. So, yeah, I, yeah. like AEDs have become so much yeah. more common. So, yes, that was... Guy's case, yeah, it was a bit of a wild one. Yeah. You know, he went to work thinking everything was totally fine. I just just doing his job. I just think about how many times I've used one of those glass washers at work. and Again, I'm still stuck on the, like, reconciling that they said the glass washer wasn't the cause, like, wasn't overall responsible. Yeah, it wasn't the sole cause. Sole cause. It obviously caused his death, but it wasn't. The only thing. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. okay, if that wasn't his responsibility in his job, you know, his responsibility was to manage the coffee machine and and so therefore attempted to remove that, sure, got water everywhere. How many people were going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to touch the the washer because that's yeah, not my as job. the facilities or that's manager, not my... that is, that was, I guess, in his remit. Yeah, mm, and so I find that really interesting. The they trying to, not trying to say that he shouldn't have, but saying that, 
the at that point should you have just called it and got a professional because like oh you know we've broken something blah 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 but it's like he he would have just been thinking it's fine I got this yeah exactly and right. I would do that on any given day at work where I'm mm. like oh let me try and figure out what's wrong here let like, me yeah let yeah. me take care of myself like oops I made a I made a small mistake got water everywhere I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll we'll fix, fix it, it. I'll mm-hmm. I'll take care of it and so yeah absolutely you saying how many times have you used that glass washer mm-hmm. how many times could we have potentially just been like <laughs> oh cool I'll, I'll just take care of it well, exactly and, right yeah. And put in the same situation. And it does seem like the coroner was a bit more critical of the fact that Guy didn't have the appropriate training. Yeah. In that he didn't, he wasn't fully knowledgeable about the coffee machine. Maybe there should have been more of an in- induction for him when he first started. And that's because he was the facilities right. manager. Yeah. Well, he started there as a cook yeah. and then became a facilities manager. Mm. But he sort of said to his manager, well, I already know everything, you know, right, I'm all okay. good. I don't need, yeah, that's any, a hard one. you know, additional training and that sort of thing. And the manager didn't provide it. Because there are so many times I also go to work where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, you yeah that's exactly me. right. I mean, the number of times I've used a coffee machine, like when I used to work in hospitality, I wouldn't have known any of that stuff. But then again, I wasn't a facilities manager. Yeah. But so. how much like imposter syndrome do you get where you just like don't yeah. pipe up and be like, no, no, I, I know how to use a coffee machine. Like, well, that's exactly yeah, fine. I don't, but I don't know where all the, the pipes and the fittings are for it. Exactly. <laughs> Do having, I really need to? Having never used a coffee machine, I was like, there's a water supply? And yeah. hindsight, it makes a lot of sense that there is. But, yeah, there is. But I wouldn't know. I've never used one before. Yeah, I would, and I would have no idea. Like, I'm just thinking back to the picturing the one at my old workplace, and I'm like, I would have no idea where that wa- where the water supply would have come from. Yep. Plumbed into the back somewhere, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't have any clue. Yeah. So I mean, they, neither were the glass washers either. I mean, obviously there's water that goes into them because yeah. they wash the glasses, but I don't know anything about the plumbing. We say as three women in our 30s that, <laughs> yeah, look, fine, maybe we're not the right demographic to know where <laughs> the not. water supply comes from for these things. But I was going to say one of the things I'm certainly noticing as a theme in the Cronial Inquest that we're reading is absolutely that induction to safety. Mm often being something that really gets brought up around people in workplaces having Mm -hmm. accidents or injuries, that it often comes down to that, did you give them the appropriate information when you onboarded them? And it's something that I certainly think it it seems easy to skip over because you you just want to get them in and get them working and getting them doing what they need to do until you give them that stuff to get them going without necessarily realising the importance of actually, know, the in-depth information is what people need. Mm. Um, And also I guess if you're then changing jobs within that workplace and going to a new skill set, you're like, but you already work here. I don't need to induct you into this this workplace. And so I can see how easy it is to miss those steps. But also there's such thing I think when a person's (laughs) first starting at a new workplace or first starting a new role where there's so much – Fair. They have to, mm. you know, consider, take on board. It can become overwhelming that you wonder if going into, you know, the the details of safety for everything, every single machine yeah. you, that you're going to use in a hospitality venue, like I don't think it's necessarily that helpful because it's not like a person's going to remember. Mm. Where I'm not going to retain all that information. You, that you, hey. It's just impossible to retain that information. So it's almost like you have to do like a rolling induction or something like that. Fair. And so it's easy for the coroner to be like, well, he should have been it's he should have been informed be about where those things were. But yeah. again, yeah, even if he had, did he remember it at that particular day? Exactly. 
And also like how often should you do refresher courses? Because like, you know, you might be at a workplace for 10 years. Yeah. Are you going yeah. to remember all the safety tips and tricks you were meant to learn in your induction 10 years ago? Like, yeah. And I guess it would depend on the workplace as well. Yeah. You know, working yeah. in an office, you know, safety is. You need to know how to evacuate the building and yeah. in case of fire and you do oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. less manual handling. Never be employed on a building that's more than, like, three floors up because those fire, <laughs> fire safety. The worst. Oh yeah, the drills are the worst. Absolutely. Circling back to the Tasmanian, sorry, who were the, what was their company called again? The Workplace. Uh, so there was WorkSafe Tasmania, which is, I think, yeah. a government body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then there is TechSafe, which is contracted to them to do some of their investigations. So that investigation happened pretty quickly after and you said that they didn't go into those extra things that potentially should have been identified. Did the coroner say much more around what he recommended from that kind of investigation? No, he didn't really have any recommendations with the investigation they did. I think he was just a bit critical of it. Yeah. He was also a bit critical because they actually supplied him with an incomplete report. <laughs> was that just Initially, like, oh, oops, I gave you the wrong version? Or it seemed like, yeah, they, maybe they accidentally gave him the wrong version, but then there was a bit of an issue there with them not complying with the coroner's instructions. Oh, that's tedious for the what coroner. What did they put yes. in the report that they weren't meant to and then took out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's sounding <laughs> a bit, was sus, a bit so. like the coroner was not happy with them. Yeah, okay. because yeah. they did not comply okay. with his instructions to start with. And then they eventually did, but sort of there was a point in this inquest of saying, you know, here's the relevant legislation that means you have to provide me with (laughs) all of the documentation. Did they mention in the coroner's report what was omitted? No, I don't believe they did. Interesting. Because they did eventually get the full report. Well, that's it. So, Yeah, it sort of seemed like generally they they did an okay job with the report, but there were some things where the coroner thought you should have gone into a bit more detail with this. For, yeah, safety's sake, yeah. a little bit more. Because, yeah, I mean, that glass washer was still very dangerous. Yeah, and I, I'm the sort of hoping that it had been unplugged and was maybe hanging out in George. George, my favourite place. <laughs> for the electrician and the technician to come and look at it. I'm hoping it wasn't still in use. Mm. And the fact that the technician came in to see how he could repair it Makes me think that it had stopped working or they had stopped using it after I Guy's death. I hope so. But you said it was still live if you had it plugged in. Are they saying that those live were on the internal structure or were they like the plug in the wall that it was connected to? The live wires were inside the machine. Yeah, okay. In a place where you wouldn't normally you know stick how, your hand. No, but you know how but, you were saying that it would still remain on even if you thought you turned it off? Oh, yes. Yeah. Was that the internal structure live wires or was that the in-the-wall live wires? That was the inter- the plug. Internal. The okay. actual, yeah, the plug, the plug. that's connected okay. to the machine. Yeah, so I'm hoping that they had unplugged it and it was not being used. Yeah, right. And it obviously would have been turned off when these electricians were – turned off and unplugged when the electricians were looking mm. at it. Yeah. Yeah, right. For them to notice that. Mm. Interesting. Well, thank you for educating me about, about electrical wiring of the uh, – of a glass washer. Of a glass yep. washer. And RCDs, yeah. which are very important. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, the key takeaway from mm. this one. It's it's just very interesting that it wasn't mandated to me. That's the most interesting part, that that wasn't a mandate 
But at least something good came out of this coroner's inquest where it is now a mandated thing. Well, is it mandated? Well, no, the coroner only makes recommendations to mandate it. So it doesn't I couldn't necessarily find mean. anything that said the legislation had, had been changed, changed. Yeah. to make yeah. it that you have to retrofit. For me, yeah. it's it comes back to like, I mean, we talked about this recently in the mahogany case of costs and, and it mm. always coming down to business costs and who's going to pay. And so I really struggle with this. If someone knew that RCDs are beneficial, they're going to protect people and people's lives ultimately, but then they don't want to do it because it's got that inherent cost associated with it. And that I really struggle with of wanting to empower people to think about the safety before the mm. financial mm. It's that old situation. economic principle of risk versus benefit. Yeah. yeah. Like the risk was guy lost his life mm-hmm. versus the benefit of, of, of the cost of, of the retrofitting. Benefit. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the retrofitting of the RCDs. And so that mm-hmm. is really sad, but again, hard to f- foresee these becoming events, mm. hence why it didn't exist in the first place. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. interesting. Thanks for uh, telling us about Guy's case. You're welcome. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.